This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is On The Mark, and this is senior NBA editor Ian Levy joining me a day after the NBA shook up once again, Ian, with the Cavs and the Celtics getting together. Isaiah Thomas, now a Cleveland Cavalier, Kyrie Irving, a Boston Celtic. I'm a little nauseous. I don't really, I just don't think it's, it's not anything I would have done if I was running the Cleveland Cavaliers, I, I wouldn't be help. Or if I was, I'm sorry, if I was running the Boston Celtics, I'm not helping out LeBron and company figure out their Kyrie issue. So from that standpoint alone, I don't really like the deal. Let, let, let's start there. Uh, on a basic, would you, would you not, if you were the Cavs, deal with Boston? Would you, would you have done the deal? I mean, I think it's a great deal for the Cavaliers. They, uh, it seemed like they really had to, to trade Kyrie. There was some stuff that came out today that he had told them that he wasn't going to report to training camp if they hadn't, uh, if they hadn't traded him. So, you know, the idea of them sort of just walking into the season and, and trying to make it work if they didn't get the right deal seemed like that was off the table. Um, and yeah, I thought they, they, <laughs> Made out like bandits, honestly. Um, I think Isaiah Thomas gives them almost everything Kyrie gave them, um, you know, uh, assuming he's healthy. Uh, so at least for this year, they stay competitive. Jay Crowder, you know, is a big uh, upgrade for their wing rotation. Uh, he can hit threes, play off the ball with LeBron, um, and he's a, you know, a great, great defender. Probably the, I can't remember who said this, but probably the Cavs have gotten better defensively in this deal, even though Isaiah, you know, is, is, uh, probably one of the worst defenders in the league. The, the drop from, uh, Kyrie to him is more than made up for by, by adding Crowder to their wing rotation. Um, and then they get Zizic, uh, who's, you know, probably going to be an above average starting center, uh, you know, in the next couple of years. And they get this unprotected Nets, uh, first round pick, which is probably going to be, you know, top four or five, uh, worst case scenario. So I, I thought they did fantastic. Um, the Celtics, obviously, you know, you're, you're sort of helping Cleveland resolve a big problem. Um, I don't think Kyrie Irving makes them any better than they were last year. I don't think he's significantly better than Isaiah is. Um, you know, being younger and, and getting uh, out from the shadow of, of having to pay Isaiah, you know, a, a huge max deal next year when he's 29, uh, I suppose that's a good thing. But um, overall, I think they, you know, probably got worse. 
So, okay, so let's let's talk about the the money aspect of it. Because all right, you you don't want to pay Isaiah Thomas if you're making that decision. Why not just draft Fultz number one overall and roll it that way? I mean, that was sitting right there for him. Unless they, I guess, they love Jason Tatum. I mean, I I I get the you don't want to pay him, but you're you're gonna, you're still gonna have to pay Kyrie because he's gonna you know he's only gonna be under contract for one more year and then he can opt out. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Uh, the deal, you know, looks not great for Boston just sort of at, at face value. Uh, but when you compare it to all these other possibilities and all these, you know, sort of spider webbing hypotheticals, um, yeah, they, they could have just taken faults uh, and they could have had a, a similar deal uh, theoretically for, you know, Paul George or Jimmy Butler um, or even, you know, going back to DeMarcus Cousins at the trade deadline last year when he went to New Orleans, um, if they were willing to, to part with these assets. Yeah, that there was sort of another way to play this. It, it, it certainly doesn't help that uh, I think the majority of, of uh, talent evaluators think Fultz was going to be much better than Tatum is. Um, so that, you know, plays into it too. They liked Tatum, uh, but that was sort of uh, cutting against the conventional wisdom as well. So um, I, I think that, that uh, raises some more question marks, but I, I think that's, I think that's really sort of this underlying thing is the deal doesn't look great, but when you compare it to all these other sort of possibilities, these other ways that it could have gone over the past two months, it, it sort of looks even worse. Right. So, I mean, Jimmy Butler to me is a better player than Kyrie. He's a two way player and yeah, he's a, he's a couple years older, but who would you rather have? I'd probably take Butler and you could have had him for less. And Paul George, okay, you yeah. you know, Paul George, you're worried about he's gonna leave after one year, so that that's a that's a different story. Jimmy wasn't gonna go anywhere if you wanted Jimmy Butler and they could and the Bulls, from a Bulls fan standpoint, they actually could have gotten more than they got if Boston had been willing to step up. Yeah, so put you know, Paul George not not wanting to take the risk that he leaves at the end of the next year and then um, if I remember correctly, there was uh, having George on the roster would have made it tricky to sign Hayward right away. Right. Um, and so, you know, that's that's a possibility. But yeah, if the choices, uh, you know, Fultz and Jimmy Butler versus Jason Tatum and Kyrie Irving, uh, you know, and, and both guys being under contract for two years, I would definitely take Fultz and Butler, um, you know, both for the future and for right now, you know, keeping them competitive uh, in the East this year. So, okay, let's look at it from uh, the celebratory Cleveland side. I look at it like you're maybe better this year. Certainly, arguably, you are. And you got a shot at getting the number one overall pick. You could end up with Michael Porter. And if I'm LeBron James, that's pretty intriguing. And maybe I stay in Cleveland. Everyone's acting like it's a done deal that he's leaving. I think LeBron's a pretty smart guy, and I think he keeps his options open. So you might have actually, from a Boston standpoint, you might have helped LeBron stay in Cleveland, which is a complete nightmare. Yeah, and there's sort of two scenarios, right? There's there's uh, LeBron is you know likes playing with Isaiah, um, and uh, you know is is intrigued by whoever they could possibly land with the with the first round pick. You know, sort of watching the Nets uh, <laughs> watching the Nets record over the course of the year and seeing where that pick's likely to end up. Uh, but they could also flip the pick in the middle of the year, you know, right. if, if uh, De, you know, DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis, if that, that doesn't look like it's working in New Orleans, 
um, yeah, you get to February and, and, you know, potentially flip that pick and something else for, for cousins. And, uh, you know, there's, there's all sorts of other possibilities, you know, to, to help keep LeBron happy and keep him in Cleveland. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's a great deal for Cleveland. I think they're definitely better, uh, than they were last year looking up and down the roster. Uh, I mean, I guess the, the big catch here is, is whether Isaiah is healthy. There was some question about whether he's going to be able to start the season. And, uh, you know, Danny Ainge said that, that this hip injury definitely factored into their, their decision to trade him. Um, so it's possible there's, you know, something more there and, and maybe he is not able to hit the level that he did last year. But, um, yeah, overall, I think it looks great. And, and, you know, for the future, uh, not a lot of people might be familiar with Zizic, but I think he's going to be a really good player. He's, um, you know, an athletic, aggressive seven footer, uh, you know, rim runner has some defensive potential, you know, probably, probably never going to be an all-star type guy, but, you know, maybe sort of a, a Steven Adams, um, you know, down the road. Uh, and, and then this, you know, this pick, if it, if it really goes sour with LeBron, there's, there's a chance to, to land, you know, the, the next superstar, the next base of the franchise. Let's go back to the Celtics and okay. Gordon Hayward better be really, really, really good. How do you think that he pairs with Kyrie? Um, I mean, it's sort of hard to say, uh, when you look at Kyrie Irving and the player that he was last year, the player that he's been the past three years, it's sort of so warped by, um, you know, by playing next to LeBron, you know, both in a positive and negative way where, uh, you know, the attention that's paid to LeBron makes things easier for Kyrie. And, and that might not be the case this year, but also, you know, he's, he's restricted in some ways. He's playing off the ball more next to LeBron, uh, you know, than he will in Boston. I think on paper, um, Kyrie and Isaiah are sort of, uh, are pretty similar. And the Hayward Isaiah, uh, pairing looked like it was going to be fantastic. And so I think you can, you know, kind of say the same thing, um, you know, with, with Kyrie and Hayward, I think on paper, it looks like they'll work, you know, really well together. They can both shoot, they can both handle the ball. Um, you know, as long as the ball's moving and they're incorporating, you know, the rest of those complementary pieces on the team, uh, you know, it should be a good fit. I think the bigger concern for Boston is that they, you know, lost a bunch of depth, um, over the course of the, of the summer, and especially defensive depth, you know, now without uh, Crowder and Avery Bradley on the roster, they're really going to be relying a lot on Marcus Smart and uh, and Jalen Brown to to be those defensive stoppers on the wing. And, you know, last year they had a couple different guys that they could sort of rotate through and always make sure they had um, defensive pressure on whoever that, that best opposing scorer was. And I think that'll be a little bit more challenging this year. I mean, they only have four players on the roster from last year. I- I'm wondering – that if you could go back and rewind and you knew that you were going to make the Kyrie deal, are you still dealing Avery Bradley? Now, you, you have it gives you depth up front with, with Marcus Morris, but you've just kind of lost a lot of heart and soul guys. I mean, Isaiah Thomas was a tremendous competitor and loved being in Boston. Same thing with Avery. The, to me, they were I thought Avery was extremely underrated. I don't know how you see that, but I, I, I feel like you're just sort of missing the core of the Celtics. It's a lot on Brad Stevens' plate. Yeah, I mean, the way that they sort of built themselves back up into a competitor the past few years was by being a really aggressive defensive team. Uh, and it was, you know, Isaiah's ascension last year into really becoming an elite offensive player that that's sort of what pushed them over the top and, and sort of helped the whole team get to the next level. But it seems like that defensive identity, they're going to 
you know, sort of by necessity have to shed it a little bit this year. Uh, Kyrie is a bad defender. Uh, Hayward is a, is a probably a slightly above average, uh, defender, but he's also going to have a big offensive load and he's not going to be able to sort of devote himself at that end the same way that, uh, you know, Bradley or Crowder, uh, did because they had such small offensive roles, you know, they were able to sort of exert so much uh, effort on the defensive end. Um, and then I don't know, just the, the depth around them, you know, they're, they're really going to have to rely a lot on Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum on the wings. Um, you know, they're going to really have to rely on Marcus Smart and, and Terry Rozier. And, um, yeah, I don't know if you, if you, I think if you, if you sort of stepped back and you looked at this collection of, of assets that Danny Ainge had two or three years ago and sort of presented the team that they have now as a hypothetical, um, I don't, I don't know that it would be that exciting. You know, there were so many other possibilities. There were so many other different ways that this could have gone. Uh, I, I think the end result is um, maybe slightly disappointing. I, I would say so. Do you think he, would you call it a Danny Ainge panic? Oh my God. Paul George is in Oklahoma City. We're not going to get him. Okay, we let Butler go to Minnesota, and there's kind of more heat building on me for not doing something. Here's my last kind of big swing at it with a guy who's 25 years old, so I'm going to do whatever it takes to get him because you know players like Kyrie, who also play the point guard spot, don't become available that often. But I think he just kind of – for somebody who'd been so patient, it just feels to me like he panicked. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think he's a guy who would give into that kind of pressure. You know, uh, I, I don't think he's, um, I don't think he would make a move because he's, you know, sort of feeling heat in public because you know fans are, are, uh, you know, feeling like he's got to do something with the assets and uh, the way their summer shook out. It really seemed like they were set going into next year and that they were, you know, sort of kicking the ball down the they're kicking the can down the field a little bit, uh, you know, sort of putting things off to the future and, and picking up those, um, the future picks. So I, my guess is if he was feeling pressure, it was, uh, I mean, it, it could be something about Isaiah's health. It could be something about, you know, reports on his hip injury and whether he was going to be ready to play at the beginning of the year and, and sort of how, uh, how much they thought he'd be able to replicate what he did last year. So that's one thing that, that could have put pressure on. And then it's possible that he, you know, was sort of looking at these assets and saying, um, you know, looking around the league, I might not find something better than Kyrie, uh, you know, at the trade deadline. Um, uh, Cause it seems like that was sort of the, the other place that they'd be looking to really upgrade if they're going to, you know, try, try and knock Cleveland off this year. Uh, I'm not sure I totally agree with that, but I, I guess I could sort of see that where it's like, you know, we're, we're maybe not going to find anything else better than Kyrie. Um, and so it's, it's worth it to, you know, shed this injury risk, uh, from Isaiah and make sure that we don't have to sort of get trapped paying him. Um, cause I think, I think that was probably a, a big concern and, um, yeah. You know, if they got to the tra- if they got to the trade deadline, if he was struggling or if he wasn't healthy, then his trade value is in the tank, and they really don't want to pay him, and then they risk losing him for nothing. Right. You could have easily just not paid him at that point or done some form of sign and trade if you decided not to. But okay, here let let's look around the rest of the league here, Ian. You're uh, of course dialed in every which way. What do you expect to happen with Melo? Uh, I'm not sure. I, it wouldn't surprise me if he if uh, if he's on the Knicks roster going into next season. Um, 
I, I mean, it sounds like Houston is is uh, his only choice, and a, a deal with Houston doesn't really make sense. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of a lot of feasible ways to make that happen. Um, nobody else is really interested in picking up that Ryan Anderson contract, and they need a third team to to make that work because the Knicks certainly don't want it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think he probably is is with New York. I think probably we hear some more rumors around the trade deadline. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's likely that he's kind of there and, and that they have some, you know, maybe, maybe some good vibes going into next season. Uh, you know, Porzingis a little bit happy, uh, ownership, uh, and management a little bit more settled. Um, and I think Kina, their, uh, the point guard they picked up in the draft is, is going to be a, a good player for them. And so I think that'll, you know, help build some good vibes. A lot of talk about uh, Dwayne Wade getting a buyout from Chicago, being freed from the rebuilding Bulls. Uh, you think that happens before the season, during the season, and does he end up, in your mind, in Cleveland with LeBron, a little reunion, or maybe back to Miami, or perhaps a wild card you want to throw out there? Uh, I would guess that he almost certainly will end up in Cleveland. It seems like the most obvious. Um, I don't see a lot of other teams out there that can could really use him, and I don't know that the going back to Miami to sort of smooth things over, that seems fairly implausible. And I would guess both, I would guess that that buyout's done before the season started. There's no, there's no reason for Chicago to wait. There's no reason for, uh, um, you know, there's no reason really for Wade to, to hang on and hold out and, and, you know, try and squeeze every last dollar out of it. I think both sides would, would rather just get it over with. Apparently, Dwayne, I keep on reading where Dwayne doesn't want to be the bad guy, that the image is a huge part of this. So, yeah. Plus, he probably wants as much money as he can squeeze out of the Bulls, which who can blame a guy, even though you got a ton of dough? Why not get as much as he can? I, I, don't, I don't fault him for that. So, it, it'll be interesting. What, uh, when you size everything up right now, and I think the last time we talked, we did the same thing, but now we've got the Celtics and the Cavs to throw in there in a different way. Who do you think's had the best offseason from, I guess, Cleveland to Boston to Minnesota to Houston uh, would be a candidate. Um, I, I, I guess you could maybe say the Bulls are a candidate, although I don't really think that that's viable. But, you know, a lot of teams have done so much. Who, who do you put at the top? I mean, this is kind of a dumb answer, but probably the Warriors. I mean, they were able to sort of lock everybody else in. Uh, you know, get Curry back, get Durant back, uh, get Iguodala back, uh, get Livingston. They did uh, a nice job in the draft, uh, landing Jordan Bell. But I think they had a great offseason. I think Minnesota and Houston uh, both did really well, too. Minnesota to, to take a jump up and Houston to sort of, um, you know, keep themselves as close to Golden State as they could. Uh, and I, I think with this deal, I think Cleveland, you could probably put them in that class. Um, you know, most of the summer it looked like kind of a bad, <laughs> a bad year for them. They overpaid for Corver a little bit. Uh, you know, having to swallow Derrick Rose without any other options. Um, uh, but yeah, I think, I think this deal worked out phenomenal for them. I think they're right back up at the top of the East going into next year and their future looks a lot more secure than it did before. One team I forgot to mention. The Thunder, no one thought they were going to land Paul George. I'm curious how you view him playing with with Russell, enough basketball to go around there. I I would think the answer to that would be yes. That's that's an interesting team coming into the season here and see what they can do in the West. Yeah, I think they had a great uh, great year too. I mean, they sort of uh, came out of nowhere to to pick up George. Um, 
was not something that was sort of reported in rumors. Uh, so it was, it was uh, surprising to see that come, come together. But, yeah, he's a great fit next to Westbrook. He's comfortable playing off the ball. Um, you know, he's can be the, the primary sort of offensive creator when Westbrook's on the bench. Uh, but his spot-up shooting and cutting and his ability to come off curls and down screens in the middle of the floor, all that stuff's going to work really nicely next to Westbrook. Um, and then him, you know, being able to play above average defense on the wing is is big. In the past couple of years, they've sort of had to choose between defensive specialists or offensive specialists. And so having somebody who can do both is, is great for them. I still don't think they're really in the same class as, as Houston or Golden State, maybe even San Antonio. Uh, I think they're, you know, probably a, a tier below that. Um, so that's the big question is when they get to the end of the year, will they have done enough to convince Westbrook to, to, um, stay and to keep George there? Uh, cause if they, you know, if they lose one or both of those guys, it's, it could get ugly pretty quickly. No doubt. No doubt. You watched any of the big three? Uh, I have not had a chance to watch much this year. Uh, I've seen some highlights <laughs> here and there. seems like it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm glad people are enjoying it. I think it's great uh, having it out there, a nice uh, nice option this summer. But, yeah, I haven't had much time to be indoors in front of the TV. I just want to give a full endorsement to the big three right here, talking to you on On the Mark from both of us, even though I, I, I'm, I'm speaking for you right now. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. Both should be big ten, big three participants in year two. I'm I'm holding out that dream, Ian. I think that they, I think they could add something. <laughs> I think it'd be amazing. I certainly would love to see them settle it on the court. Maybe we can be done with uh, <laughs> trying to trying to litigate Kobe versus Jordan on uh, on Twitter. I mean, it'd be amazing, right? Little little Kobe versus yeah. a 55 year old at that point. Mike, let's go. Uh, I, I who wouldn't want to see that? But all right, yeah, but, get Levar, get Levar Ball his own team too, and right? <laughs> and right. Jordan can work that out as well. <laughs> yeah, Give, uh, that's a, that's a good part. That's a good point to end on. What, what's your uh, forecast when I'm talking to you a year from now? Uh, how Lonzo Ball does his first year? I think he's going to be good. I think the Lakers are going to be really happy with him. Um, I think uh, we've I think we've talked about this a little bit, but I think people are going to be surprised at. Um, at what his game sort of looks like when it's actually on the floor. I think he's less of sort of an on-ball creator than people get him cre- give him credit for. I don't think he's, uh, you know, the Jason Kidd uh, comparisons I don't think are quite fair. Um, uh, you know, he doesn't have great shake, doesn't have great handle, you know, had a hard time getting separation in college. But, uh, you know, his ability to space the floor, his ability to move the ball on offense, and, and his transition game are going to be so good. I think he's, he's really going to help the Lakers get better. I think he's going to look good statistically and he's also gonna gonna look good um you know sort of aesthetically out there so yeah i, I think uh, i think people will will like watching him play i think the lakers will be really happy with him and wouldn't surprise me to see him you know high up in the in the rookie of the year uh, voting at the end senior nba editor fan sided ian levy with us here as we digest the kyrie irving to boston trade with isaiah thomas jay crowder and company coming back. Ian, always appreciate the time. Great to talk to you. Thanks a lot, Mark.
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.